It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What is up? I'd like to welcome you in to the Monday, September 7th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a Chiefs podcast on arrowheadreport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin. Joining me once again today, three episodes in a row, Jordan Foote. Jordan, how are you doing today? Tucker, we are slowly getting there closer and closer to the Chiefs opening up the season, so really I couldn't be better. I think Thursday I'll be a little bit better, but pretty darn close. How about you, man? Yeah, I'm excited. It's game week officially. This is We're recording this episode on a Sunday, a little behind the curtain here, a little Wizard of Oz moment. <laughs> we record these a day before so you can have them early in the morning. This is the last Sunday that we're on right now that's going to have football for until February, which is a great feeling. That's one of those best feelings ever. Yeah, and hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs will be playing in February when that happens, but uh, I guess we'll just take it one week at a time to start off. Of course, you know, it is Labor Day. You're listening to this on Labor Day, but we don't take a day off. We don't take a day off here at ArrowheadReport.com. We'll have all kinds of content for you today, and we're going to break down the 53-man roster. Last time Jordan was on, he gave us his 53-man roster predictions and did pretty darn good. Yeah, Tucker, I mean, I can't take too much of the credit. You did help me out. For once, I did have, uh, or for starters, I did have Juan Thornhill starting uh, week one. Yeah. I forgot to fix that typo, but nevertheless, the roster itself, not too shabby. Yeah, and like you said, one step closer to this football season coming to fruition. The final roster, some quick takeaways. Uh, it includes two quarterbacks and four tight ends. Not, I think that's something not a lot of people expected to have. Local guys like Yasir Durant from Mizzou, Tershawn Horton from Missouri S&T also made the cut. Uh, Marcus Kemp recovers from an ACL, and he joins the team. And uh, 15 new players that weren't on the roster last year joined this Chiefs team this year. Yeah, and we mention it pretty much every time an article is published or we go on air, 20 of 22 starters from that Super Bowl coming back. So Brett Veach doing his best to kind of make those tough decisions at the bottom half of the roster. But when you're a Super Bowl contending team, pretty much every player plays an important role at one point or another. Yeah, Joshua Briscoe did have to remind me that with the opt-outs, technically with the opt-outs, oh. so it's 18 of 22 now. Yeah, so it's something that, you know, they did, you know, return 20 of 22 guys, but those opt-outs are, are shooting themselves in the foot. But it's good for those guys, opting out, making the right decisions for them. LDT doing a terrific thing when he uh, on opting out and helping on the front lines. Uh, Damian Williams opting out for you know, his mom and to take care of her, which is just awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot blame any player who decides to opt out this year at all. It's really bigger than football at this point. 
Right, and you know the Chiefs. There were some big, big changes to the Chief roster. They technically cut Matt Moore. He was added to the practice squad earlier today, <laughs> and then they also cut Breland Speaks, another big name. What did you think of that whole transaction there? Um, the Matt Moore one was something that people kind of brought up. Um, you brought up the COVID quarterback in our last episode, which was something that's always a possibility mm-hmm. just in case. So good to see Matt Moore back on the practice squad. Breland Speaks was something that caught even myself off guard. And I was never really a big fan of Breland Speaks, but Brett Veach invested. That was his first pick as the general manager of the Chiefs. And then to get beat out, I don't know if it was a him or Taco Charlton type thing or him or Damone Harris or what the situation was, but it's just a shock to see that Breland Speaks didn't even get to finish out his rookie contract with the Chiefs. Yeah, I wrote a story earlier this week for ArrowheadReport.com about Taco Charlton. He spoke to the media, and and his quotes were very encouraging for a Chiefs fan. He's really taking this opportunity to grow. I think we talked about this on Friday. And he's really embraced being with, you know, Michigan teammate Frank Clark. And he's really grown. The Chiefs have been impressed with him. The coaching staff has a lot of confidence in him. And when I saw the rumors starting to go around about how the defensive line was going to shape up. I was kind of a Debbie Downer on Twitter. I was thinking, oh man, Taco's not going to be here. And I wanted Taco to be here. I genuinely wanted him to get a chance because I feel like he really hasn't had a fair shake. But now with this, it seems like he's going to get as fair as a shake as he's ever gotten. With Breland Speaks going, I really thought they were going to opt for Speaks just because he has been in this situation before he's been in this defense. But Andy Reid said in a press conference on Sunday, that Taco's experience around the league has really helped him catch on to what they're doing in Kansas City. Sure, absolutely, Tucker. And we saw on the unofficial depth chart, if my memory serves me correct, that Tano Passigno is going to be starting opposite Frank Clark in week one, which was a shock to me because I know we talked, I had Alex Okafor as that starter. So that really leads me to believe guys like Taco Charlton, they're going to get every chance they're going to want to get to prove themselves and it's I guess every year is a contract year when you're a floater around the league but Taco's still a fairly young guy who can still rebuild his image in the league you mentioned his familiarity with different situations will help him here with the Chiefs Um, a really strong guy who wants to kind of build his resume up build his image up and then hit the free agent market kind of similar to Emmanuel Ogba a year ago I'm really high on Taco heading into 2020 Tucker Yeah, we'll look back at your 53-man roster projection. When when we went through it, you had, you know, three quarterbacks, obviously. Now, anyone would think that they would have three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. only having two. You know, they did kind of opt for that COVID hybrid type scenario quarterback. But going to running backs, they don't end up taking on DeAndre Washington. What were your thoughts on that when you heard that news come out? You obviously have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Darrell Williams, and then it was down to Thompson and Washington. And personally, I thought that all four of the guys would be on, but that fourth tight end might have been that extra offensive spot that people didn't expect because teams just don't carry four tight ends really in the NFL. But Washington, I thought the the, the Pat Mahomes camaraderie from Texas Tech, that little connection and then maybe playing for Oakland in the past would keep him around. But I guess, and more power to Darwin Thompson for doing this, but he had a strong enough camp to kind of fend off Washington and then keeping four tight ends just meant the end of the line for a guy who just signed with the Chiefs a few months ago. Yeah, and you brought up the point of the four tight ends. Deion Yelder is that fourth tight end that's brought up. 
He could be possibly just on here waiting for Rankin to come back from injury because he starts the season on the pup list, doesn't count against the 53-man roster. And it could be one of those situations where they bolster up another position waiting for a guy to come back from suspension like Pinnell and Breland. Both of those guys come back from suspensions. And they didn't sign a total of 16 guys for the practice squad. I believe on the podcast last time we talked about 12 men on the practice squad, but since then... We looked at the wrong article, I guess, or not an updated one, but they now have 16 men on the practice squad, and that'll be very beneficial with six veterans on there as well. We'll get more to the practice squad as this episode progresses, but kind of about the tight ends right now, Dion Yelder was, you know, a, a good tight end. How do you think he kind of fits this scheme? Um, Dion Yelder, a guy who's been around, Nick Kaiser was the one who was really getting a lot of hype in training camp. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones mm-hmm. was the one that was brought in in the offseason. Everyone just assumed he would slide into that Blake Bell role. But Dion Yelder is a guy who is a familiar name, even though he's not a starting tight end, and sometimes those guys can go unnoticed. But Yelder being around, regardless of how many snaps he gets or anything like that, he's a good insurance policy to have, and he's a young guy that can step in, familiar with the system, and you can never have too many of those guys on your team. Yeah, before we talk about more negatives or like which, what we got wrong mm-hmm. here, let's talk about what you got right. This offensive line, it's impressive that you got all 10 of these guys, Eric, Fitch, Eric Fisher, Osimile, Ryder, Wiley, Schwartz, Rimmers, Rankin, who's does start the season on the mm-hmm. public, as we mentioned, Allegretti, Kilgore, and Yasir Durant. You went 10 for 10 right there. And that's probably the biggest accomplishment I've ever had in my entire life. So that was a pretty cool thing to do. <laughs> um, I thought it was awesome. Kilgore and Durant were the two that were kind of iffy and I just essentially not taking shots in the dark, but kind of a toss up for both of those guys and they both ended up making it. So I guess I got pretty lucky there. So I think we can say on the offensive side of the ball, we didn't have very many surprises. Offensive side of the ball is pretty clear cut. This offense is the best in the league. Mm -hmm. I think you can say comfortably. And so not too many surprises just on the backup end of things. And I, and I do believe that, uh, that Dion Yelder was probably placed on there for another Mm -hmm. extra cushion on, on the offensive line. Sure. And RIP to the dream of, uh, Jody Fortson, many chiefs fans and analysts like wanted him (laughs) to make the first week roster, but Marcus Kemp, like we said, that special teams edge, the chiefs are really heavy on that. And if you work hard there, you can work your way up the depth chart. And I think the same thing just happened with Kemp coming off that ACL. Now you didn't really have very many misses in the defensive side either, which is also exciting that that backfield was pretty set, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really where we had a lot of conversations was in the linebacking core and also the defensive line. You nailed the, the linebackers, but there were a few defensive line changes. Yeah, the Breland Speaks one we mentioned, um, Damone Harris taking that spot. Um, Tershawn Wharton was a guy who not a lot of people had making it on the interior defensive line. It just seems like carrying five guys is a lot at your defensive tackle, but we have to keep in mind that Mike Pinnell will start the season suspended. So Wharton, a guy who I've heard a lot of good things about. There was an interview with one of his former coaches that was circling around Twitter the other day, and it seems like he's a hardworking guy. Um, good character and a guy who kind of brings some versatility on that inside and can really play. So more power to him. Yeah, it's a great local story. And like I mentioned earlier, they only, the Chiefs only signed 15 of 16 roster spots for the practice squad. So I believe this is my little speculation here. It's not great to assume, but this is what my prediction is looking into the old SI Chiefs magic ball. 
Uh, I think what's going to happen is when Mike Pinnell comes back from suspension, we'll see Trishon Horton on that practice squad. Yeah, I think so too. And he's a young guy that you'd love to keep around if you can, but obviously you aren't going to send Mike Pinnell to the practice squad. You didn't bring him back for that, and somebody's got to go. So it only makes sense that someone in that same little position group would go down until he's needed later on down the road. Yeah, overall, really good showing from us. It made us look like we knew what we were talking about. We always love to see that. Uh, what were your impressions of the 53-man roster? Did you expect the Chiefs to make any moves, or did you did they kind of do what you expected them to do? Um, I feel a lot better now that we have the amount of practice squad players with veterans, right, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, really, I think that with a contending team like this, there really aren't a ton of moving bits and pieces and parts which isn't always the case with those uh, bottom-dwelling teams in the league or even the New England ways to let guys leave and just replace them. The Chiefs really wanted to keep the culture the same, the locker room the same, and keep, especially with COVID, as many guys you're familiar with as possible. So I think um, we owe a tip of the cap to Brett Veach and his staff for keeping as many guys in as they could and adding talent whenever they could this offseason. It's really been unique, but they did a really solid job. Yeah, as of the recording of this podcast, there's been no news of any new signings for the Chiefs or anything like that. Really, even for Breland Speaks, who I kind of expected to be claimed. What were your kind of your thoughts as, you know, news started to come in of different teams claiming people, but Breland Speaks' name not being mentioned? It's it's almost concerning. I mean, the guy is a second-round pick from 2018. It's not like he's 30 and over the hill. It's not like he came into his first camp in shape and is now obese or anything. He started off really kind of chunky when he came into the league, has really slimmed down. Everyone was rooting for him to make the team and make an impact this season as he's about to wrap up his rookie contract soon. And it was a little bit of a shock to see him go, but it's even more of a shock that none of the other teams in the league have taken even a flyer out on him. I can't think that there are so many more fringe 53-man roster guys at the defensive end position, and it's just really concerning for Breland Speaks and for everyone that was rooting for him. Yeah, it looked like he lost a lot of weight, mm-hmm. too, and looked like he was in really good shape, so that's kind of why I took the pessimist approach from, mm-hmm. the, talk, from, the, from the taco point of view. I was like, man, this guy's in good shape now. Sure. He looks good for the for you know the first time after he really hasn't been on the field all that much because of injuries and you know just being a rookie. So he... He finally had this opportunity, I felt mm-hmm. like. But, you know, Taco just must have outplayed him. And it's, it's disappointing to see, especially for the top overall pick for the Chiefs in this draft. But in the 2018 draft, we'll talk about these rookies here in a little bit. But let's talk about this practice squad here. Got the list of guys up here. Rodney Clemens, defensive back, gets to the gets tapped for the practice squad. Amari Cobb, who's a linebacker. Garrick Dieter, we expected that guy mm-hmm. to be on the practice squad the whole time. When we were talking about the 53-man roster, we did mention his name as a... Uh, practice squad guy Maurice French a wide receiver Jody Fortson a wide receiver does make the practice squad Darius Harris a linebacker Lavert Hill defensive back uh, defensive tackle Braxton Hoyt defensive back Chris Lemon Lamons wide receiver Collegial Libscum awesome name by the way yes. he's one of those guys in the draft I saw I was like man that name's awesome quarterbacks Matt Moore and Jordan Tamu running back DeAndre Washington comes back and joins the practice squad defensive end Tim Ward and center, Daryl Williams. Overall, the Chiefs signed 15 players once again. They'll have two quarterbacks, one running back, four wide receivers, one offensive lineman, two defensive linemen, 
and two linebackers, two defensive backs on the practice squad. Yeah, Tucker. And looking at this list, the guys that stuck out to me, Garrick Dieter, even though that was kind of a foregone conclusion that he would come back, um, he seems to have a lifetime partnership with the Chiefs at this rate as a guy who will kind of step in later in the year, um, play a game or two, get a couple catches, maybe step in in the playoffs if needed. Garrick Dieter obviously was going to come back. Jody Fortson, the Chiefs really would have hated to see him go, I think, especially after such an impressive camp because you can't teach 6'6", 240 or whatever his dimensions are. He's just a big guy with good athleticism, made plays. Um, moving on down, Matt Moore. COVID quarterback potentially, Jordan Tamu, good talent, a guy that Andy Reid could p- perhaps groom up and kind of coach up a little bit. And then Washington, the guy that jumped out at me and that I have heard a lot about, um, also Daryl Williams, he's a guy that, but Tim Ward is the one that jumped out at me because mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say a lot of good things about Tim Ward. I'll admit, I don't know all that much about him, but I immediately is reading down the list, he's the one that jumped out at me as a guy who... We mentioned that it was a Breland Speaks, Damone Harris surprise. He's a guy that even had an outside shot to make it. So overall, a really deep and pretty impressive practice squad roster for the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think there are very many exceptions, or not exceptions, surprises to this uh, practice squad. A lot of these guys we did expect to be on the practice squad, and especially with this offseason where there's really no Mm -hmm. film and no preseason Really, the teams only know what they have, yeah. which is interesting because you would see a lot of these guys get claimed. I think that kind of hurt Breland Speaks as well. He could have really benefited from a good offseason, but he didn't have one. Going to the quarterback situation, I've talked to a lot of people about, you know, Chad Henney's better, people just bickering, you know, on Twitter and Facebook. Chad Chad Henney's better. Matt Moore's better. We should have had Moore as a backup. Why is it Moore? It's it's all the same. Moore's <laughs> with the team still. He can still be activated. It's not that big of a deal. But I really think Jordan Tomu would be better than both of these guys. I think Jordan Tomu has a potential with this practice squad to really grow as a quarterback and learn from Patrick Mahomes. We say learn from Patrick Mahomes. He's going into his fourth year as a starting <laughs> quarterback, which is crazy to say. But Patrick Mahomes has already had a great career. And I think Jordan Tomu can play a lot like him, learn a lot from him. And he's really the QB2 of the future, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And he's a typical Andy Reid guy. I mean, he has some athleticism to me, has some arm strength, can make some highlight plays. Obviously not ready to do that right now, but Matt Moore is, what, 35, 36. Chad Henney's got to be 34, 35 in the same range. Those guys are what they are. They are Super Bowl contending win now. Patrick Mahomes potentially gets hurt. You play a couple games. So we saw it with Matt Moore last year. Jordan Tamu is maybe he's a starter down the road, but you're not worried about that right now. What you are worried about are this guy has undeniable talent. He has production in a different league. Bring him in and see what he does. And I agree with you. He's QB2 all the way as long as we're talking next year. Yeah, before we move on to our next topic, talking about the 2018 rookies, Brevich's first draft, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Roughing the Kicker on ArrowheadReport.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. 
A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Welcome back to Roughing the Kicker. I'm here with Jordan Foote. We are going through the Chiefs' final 53-man roster, their practice squad, and now we're going to talk about the 2018 rookies that was Brett Veach's very first draft as general manager. And let's look at that list, shall we? Breland Speaks was his first pick of that draft. I believe that was in the second round, correct? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, traded up. And trade, <laughs> traded up. Yeah, traded up for it. Uh, Derek Nottie, Doran O'Daniel, Armani Watts, Tremont Smith, and Khalil McKenzie. Now, three of those five, right? Am I, is my numbers right? No, that's six people. <laughs> three of the six, three of the six are still with the Chiefs, which is good. What are your thoughts to that draft class right now, Jordan? It was a rough start for Brett Veach. Um, that was before he was Brett Veach, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The Speaks pick will forever be probably the biggest stain on what is otherwise an extremely clean and pristine resume for Veach. Um, the Naughty pick was fantastic. He's been a really solid contributor. He's one of those guys that does a lot but only gets credit for a little. Um, being a good run-stopping nose tackle, defensive tackle is really hard in the NFL. Um, gap control is really hard in the NFL, but he does a great job at it. The one that I really wish would have panned out was Dorian O'Daniel. I mean, he had the athletic mm-hmm. profile, he had the tape, he had the leadership, he played at a premier program. I don't know about you, Tucker, but I really just expected Dorian O'Daniel to slide in and be a contributor as early as the end of his rookie season, and we're a few years in and he just hasn't clicked. Yeah, I agree with you on that. He's a tremendous player, really. He came from, like you mentioned, a great program. And you just that's just one of those guys you just wish so hard mm-hmm. that could work. You just want them to work so bad. I know a lot of people are big fans of DOD. I like DOD. He made the 53-man roster. I think Willie Gay's going to beat him out and be better than him, though. Yeah, and probably right off the jump. I mean, we were thinking that Willie Gay would step in and be better than any linebacker on the Chiefs from the jump. So let alone Dorian O'Daniel, who's gotten snaps here and there, and he's an athletic guy who can cover running backs. He hasn't even really proven he can do that yet in the NFL, and it seems like Steve Spagnuolo prefers a guy like Ben Neiman over him, so I don't know what that says about Dorian O'Daniel's future with the team, but he did make the 53-man to start off. Yeah, it's good for him. Armani uh, Watts is one of those guys I also like too. A safety who I I can't remember who he filled in for. I was it was it one Thornhill he f- filled yeah. in for before he got hurt or um, I think and I really liked him when he was playing. I enjoyed watching him play. He played well, mm-hmm. but then he got hurt. Another guy that that is is really good for this depth of this defensive backfield. I believe. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a buddy who follows Texas A&M football really closely. So when the Chiefs drafted Watts, I think it was 124th overall back in the fourth round of 2018, mm-hmm. he said, this guy's really good. He's a playmaker. He just needs to, he said, figure it out. And there are a lot of players like that in the NFL that just, they have the tape or they have the athletic profile. They just need to quote-unquote figure it out. 
and Watts was thrown into the fire. My thought process was Mm -hmm. if he didn't really see the field last year, then everyone was healthy and the Chiefs were doing their job. Not that he's not a good player, but that you have Tyron Matthew and Juan freaking Thornhill as your two safeties. And then you have Dirty Dan Sorensen who proved himself in the playoffs. But Watts stepped in, did way better than I expected and many expected. He's a guy who I really hope, again, if he doesn't see the field, no big deal. But if he does, I feel so much more confident in his ability as a player now. Yeah, so overall in this 2018 draft class, I agree with you on Watts. It's really hit or miss mm-hmm. for him. And, and and I think you can say that about a lot of draft classes, it's hit or miss. But I think that the Breland Speaks pick has shown has been a kind of a reach. That experiment mm-hmm. appears to be over in Kansas City. As of recording this podcast, the Chiefs haven't signed <laughs> him. Um, no one has signed him. That is rough for Speaks. Uh, DOD, you know, one of those guys that I don't think was a bad pick in the moment, and he, I just don't think he's meshed sure. with the Kansas City system. Armani Watts, I think, is a good guy for for depth, for for who, if you get injuries, can plug gaps, can fill in, and he, he'll play well for you. He'll You won't notice him on the field pretty much, which that's really all you can ask for of a safety. Mm-hmm. And Tremont Smith and Khalil McKenzie, those guys, I think I think you mentioned Khalil McKenzie was traded or Khalil Smith, something – or. Tremont Smith was traded. I don't remember which one you said, but those two guys. What what do you what are your thoughts on those two guys? Well, and not to say they're forgetful players, but at the end of that draft they were both sixth round picks, kind of shots in the dark. I believe Smith converted to running back for a brief time period. I might be confusing myself with another pick, but there aren't very many late round Chiefs draft picks that have converted from defense to offense. So I'm pretty confident in saying mm-hmm. it was Smith. And then I don't know if he went to Green... He went somewhere. I think it was Green Bay. And he just never really stuck with the team. He was a really, really good athlete. But there wasn't anything else. He could try kick returning. That didn't really work out. Um, And then McKenzie. He is, if I'm not mistaken, the son of the Raiders' former GM, Reggie McKenzie. I think... I think that rings a bell. yeah, Yeah, that was the big story for him heading into the draft. And... That was really the only thing I remember him for, not to slight him as a player, but um, like you said, really just a hit-or-miss draft for Brett Veach. Yeah, two guys that I don't really remember all that much. I just think that there's just guys like that. No offense to them as players at all. They just didn't get very many chances, and you just didn't see them very much. Didn't have a chance to remember their names. Yeah, and it happens as a GM, and I think it's safe to say that – Brett Veach has more than proven that he is not only a good drafter, but one of the best GMs in all of football since then. So, Right. Yeah, well, it looks like we're just Thursday is the, the first day of it's the day we got to get to. It's been marked on the calendar. It's been circled. we got three, four days. I can't do math right now, apparently. We are media people, Tucker. It is day. no big deal whatsoever. Yeah. I look at my calendar and I was like, do I count today? I don't know how that works. <laughs> but if I count Monday, then, well, it depends on when you listen to this, really, how many days you have to get through. If you're listening to this in the morning, you've got to get all the way through Monday. Yeah. But if you listen to this at night, I mean, you, you're good. So if you listen to this in the morning, you have one, two, three, four, four days until the Chiefs have a football, a real life football game. And that's exciting. Yeah, and either way, whether you're listening to it Monday morning or Monday afternoon or whatever, 
your day really can't be that bad if you're listening to Rough and the Kicker on Arrowhead Report. I mean, not to plug or anything, but I think you're having a pretty good day so far. I, I couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself, Jordan. I think that if you start your day with this, it is a perfect day. Thank you to my guest, Jordan Foote, for joining me. Jordan will be on on Wednesday, where we'll break down some rookie expectations for 2019. The 2019 rookies, I should say, in 2020. And Jordan, do you have any final thoughts on today's topic? Almost there. That's all I can say. One more, run it back, and let's just get it done. This has been Roughing the Kicker on ArrowheadReport.com. I am your host, Tucker Franklin. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Go follow Jordan on Twitter at the best foot with an E F W T. Follow myself on Twitter at Tucker D Franklin. And we'll be back Tuesday with another episode. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.